Oh, sorry, I just bashed my knee. <laughs> that was I think you dislodged your wound. <laughs> You're listening to Cocktails and Confessions. Hi, Caden. Hi, Caden. Hi. How are you doing? Uh, we have Caden Gray on our show today. It's a pleasure. Are you, you're single, right? <sighs> Straight yes. into the nitty gritty. Like. Oh, well. I'm single, and I think for, mo- for the most part, happily so. Oh, because that was single a very... Single not looking or single... I mean, I'm always looking for something, but whether I want a monogamous relationship, I'm pretty sure I don't. I don't think I can do that. Because it was... And I'm not even talking about my work. It, it was quite a heavy sigh, so I was like, oh, is it, like, on Facebook, it's complicated. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. You're just Literally. in a career-minded phase right now. It's not even that. I just, I'm over it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm too cynical also to get into relationships, struggle trusting people if you, like, really want to get there. Sure. <laughs> no, 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 I get you. What parts of dating do you find that you're cynical about? Well, I, just the whole kind of Disney date kind of... Um, uh, with people's expectations and us kind of trying to do something that we've watched happen in, in films and Disney, right? Um, and we are doing it all wrong for the wrong reasons, just like to be with someone, for something to happen. It's all kind of uh, superficial, I feel. It's a kind of date environment. I don't Doing like something that like you feel is expected of you? Yeah. yeah. D- oh, that's the worst part. Oh, Disney has fucked a lot of... Uh, yeah, fucked they, a couple of generations of kids right up. Yes. <laughs> But, Thank like, you, people can't really be that hell-bent on this Disney fantasy because they'd all be getting gender reassignment surgery. What? Because there was never <laughs> two men in Disney. Oh. oh. I, I thought you were, like, some weird Midwestern American parent, like, Disney's making my kids transgender. I was like, what? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> because they have no other choice, I guess, at that point, right? I find you should say that because I, when I was little, I didn't have a concept of homosexuality. No one talked to me about it. And I wrote a um, letter to my first crush. First, like, crush that I kissed. Um, and I told him that I'm going to, um, quote, unquote, because that's all I knew then, change sex and we're going to run away and be together. <laughs> it didn't work out. It didn't, no. it didn't happen. <laughs> and after that, I don't want to date anymore. Oh, no, you can't be traumatized since, from that. Since then. <laughs> no, I guess there is trauma to be had from that, but that the reason why I'm not dating is just relationships that haven't worked out. It is true, though. When you're a kid, you don't really have a concept of homosexuality. I remember when I was at school, I wanted to play... You know how you play mums and dads? And I don't mean, like, kids fingering each other or anything like that, but, you know, like, you play, you, know, like, you, you, play, like you marry each other, you have, like, fake weddings and stuff in the... Because go- like, some people think when you say play, play mums and dads, apparently that's, like, a synonym for... Let's have sex, but that's not what I mean. Oh, okay. Um, I, I just mean like you know how you'd get you'd all play in a Wendy house and one like would be the home. husband. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember thinking, oh, I want to play mums and dads, but can it be a dad and a dad? And thinking that was absolutely fine until other people were like, no, that's not allowed. Oh, that's quite bad. And it was only when I got older, and then people were like putting a name to it. They were like, they would say gay before I knew what gay was. See, I think I was just like a filthy slag. I was. F- <laughs> Just sucking those little dicks. <laughs> no, but I was fooling around with boys at a really young age. Really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Obviously, then I kind of stopped for a while because, again, a bit like what you said, where you kind of get some sort of sign from the outside world that what you're doing isn't right. 
And then I got, got to 14, I was like, I'm a star again. Well, it's been like the world is putting a label on what you're doing and tr- put, showing it like... No, but it's, it it's also like children you. shouldn't be having well, sex when I mean, you're okay, gay or straight. Probably not, but like what I mean is just you didn't realise that there was a negative connotation to either like, to men interacting with other men, you know? Yeah, or even just sex in general. <laughs> and, you know, I just to refer to what you were saying, it's interesting that you thought that, you, you know, you had this concept of two guys, because I... Uh, and my brother, we always played house, but we were both mums. Oh, oh, my God, that's so funny. <laughs> sisters. Oh, I love that. You're like lesbians, but both <laughs> boys. <laughs> we weren't lesing out, though. No, um, obviously. <laughs> just It's not that obvious. Just, I'm from Poland. Just building the Wendy house from scratch. <laughs> 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 Moving right in. Two weeks knowing each other. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Screaming. <laughs> um. Do you think, though, is it just the monogamy thing or are you just, like, getting with too many actual Disney gays because, I'm sorry, if they're, like, a Disney guy, I'm like, goodbye. I, I actually don't... Um, I don't film much with <laughs> Disney gays. I think you mean, like, high-end um, porn actors? Okay. Is that what you, mean, what you meant? No, I... Oh, like, you what, mean in general? The in dating. General. Are you dating oh, boys that no. have that kind of, like, Disney, I want to um, marry a prince kind of... No, I don't know. Yeah, even, like, perfect. the people that you're... Sh- like, because you're just saying that the whole Disney thing puts you off, so I'm like, is it a specific... They're like, oh, I'm just looking for my prince. Yeah. Or is it just monogamy? I think when we start talking about a relationship or I'm feeling vibes and people are too touchy, because that's, um, that's also something I don't like. I don't like early displays of affection. Mm. Mm. Um, then I, not, I you're not a real lesbian then no. <laughs> <laughs> me, yeah, yeah. that Wendy House fantasy is over <laughs> yeah so um, it's I guess it's a mixture of things by early displays of affection do you is it like physical intimacy like wanting to do like PDA or stuff like that or is it more coming on very strong very early like I feel Both. very okay mm. so you, you're a bit more pensive with stuff like I that like, you like to wait and feel people out I like when I have some time to, there's some walking time when I'm like around someone and it's just like things aren't happening straight away. Yeah. Because I feel like, like in my work, that was, that's the opposite. You walk in and mm. you, you can, you can get in the mindset to do that. But if you, and I think because of that, I know what I want in private. I don't want it to be so hands on. Yeah. Uh, early on. And then obviously I'll die for you if it works out. And you can, I guess, <laughs> yeah, it, it must be easier to detect it. A real connection from a false connection like a well not a false connection but a more superficial well it, it just goes to prove that the real intimacy is not sex it's in the mind it's getting to know people no because honestly you can sit there and have sex with a stranger but i'm not going to sit there and have a conversation with somebody who i'm not on a level with do you know what i mean mm-hmm. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> also, if only people could see a gesture. <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I was I was kind of saying this to James the other day. Like, when if you are hooking up with people, for example, say online, they come into your flat. You talk for thirty seconds. No, you talk for like two, three minutes, and then when they're leaving, you talk for two, three minutes, and then in that six minutes, you can decipher: Do I want to see them again or not? Mm. I actually did. I find I, I really enjoy having a slightly more intimate conversation with a stranger, though. I guess because when you're talking to a stranger, you don't, they don't have a bunch of like baggage attached to their friendship or their relationship to you, or you know they don't have a preconceived notion of you. So it's lo- you're less likely to disappoint someone mm. when you're telling them your, their real feelings. So sometimes because I found it's all lies. <laughs> 
I am. <laughs> it can be very candid Not with strangers. Who you think. Yeah, that's what I like about I'm it. I'm loud in many ways. Yeah, it feels so freer, and also like, you feel like you're never going to see them again. <laughs> right. <laughs> Not that I'm a one night stand person, but you know what? I that am. might be that might be it because I also I like um, open, candid, sincere, kind of earnest conversations. I think I probably do it too much for some people's liking, mm-hmm. and so um, that happens. Like I like to hang out, and then this happens, and. And then maybe that's why that's why I don't want to I don't want to see them again after that. So you've got what you you had like a one stop shop that was you got what you yeah. need and that's enough. But it's funny because you said that you wasn't keen on them getting like too forward too quickly, but then you're saying that you like to sit there and have the intimate conversations. So maybe it's them who are like too much. Uh, to be fair, I think there can be sharing without actual romantic intimacy because that's yeah. the only issue that's the only issue i have sure do you think it's commitment phobia di- maybe <laughs> <laughs> but i don't want it to be directed also like i don't want it to when i feel like someone is okay when i feel that someone is trying to fit me into a template they have in their life yeah, yeah like, oh, sure they want me to fill that i can't i can't I there's can't. only one hole you can fill <laughs> right i find that very cloying if though that can. kind of <laughs> That need to make everything into like an immediately romantic situation is the kind of thing that repels me. I'm like, no, let let's can we not just talk about this without mm. suddenly being like, I never felt such an intense connection with one other person. It's like, and no, we just goodbye. yeah, we uh, <laughs> we've actually just had a nice chat. Now go home. It's like, almost yeah. like as if you've got drugs and you haven't even told me about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the conversations you would have in a smoking area, isn't it? You're like, oh my god, I'm so glad we met. So I can't lovely. wait. Let's go on holiday together in two weeks. <laughs> Once the bag's empty, the number is deleted. <laughs> the love is over. It's a divorce. <laughs> the same with the ball bag. Yeah. Once the bag's empty, the number is deleted. Nice. Uh, so do you ever have, not like, do you ever have sex without the cameras rolling? But do you ever, not to say, do you ever just have sex for fun? Because I'm sure it's fun even when you're doing it for work. But do you ever, yeah, kind of have sex without the cameras on? Or do you just think, well, I'm having fun anyway, so we might as well make some money from it? Um, I think that's a common, that's common, particularly when someone's doing this for fun and making some money on the side. Sure. But after eight years of porn, I have not, I, I don't really, I think it's really important. And actually this, not after eight years, I caught on to this very early. For me, it was really important to have a time that isn't work. Yeah, yeah. Right? And now that with OnlyFans and, and stuff, um, it would be so appropriate to sometimes just put the camera on, but I don't even think about it if I'm enjoying myself. With I think someone. it's important as well, especially with things like OnlyFans, when you can just be constantly creating co- content from your own home if you choose to, yeah. to have like a healthy delineation between your work and your private life, especially with something as intimate as sex, like physically mm. intimate and in emo- emotionally intimate. I agree. I think it's detrimental to people if you don't. Like some, some mm. for some people it works and that's great. Um, but myself and some people that I know, it just doesn't work, you know. You, you, you can only trade off your your intimacy for money f- to an extent. Yeah. And then you just need to look after yourself a little bit more. And do you kind of, do you notice the difference between those times when you're doing it with the camera on and the times when the camera's off? Yeah, but it's not that it's like worse or better. That it's very, I feel like, I think the main difference is when I'm, when I've decided to f- to do that with someone, to film with someone, to do that, 
to film with someone, I'm in a different mindset. So it is work. And if I enjoy it, it's, it's a bonus, right? right? And sometimes I enjoy it so, so much. But when it's intimate, I don't want to share it. Like, yeah. I don't want to share Like, I've never shared information about who I was dating or it's not my kind of, not my thing. Quite private. Do you have like a performance mode that you go into as well? Almost like when people go on stage, they go into character. Because from me, like from like I have a performance <laughs> background, so I've obviously had an alter ego. My alter ego is Dom Top, and then that's the person that I would put myself in the mindset of when I go out on stage or I was doing anything like a you know club dogging, yeah, 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 dogging. Yeah. Is Caden Gray at home the same person as Caden Gray on screen? But you, there are just two sides to your life, and you keep them separate. That is a great question. I um, it just made me realize that I actually hated that guy. I used to have an alter ego. And I kind of feel like porn almost hijacked my identity. I be became this kind of thing that I felt like you should aspire to, which is dumb top. And I was a bit of a cunt. Yeah. At, at some point, I realized that, you know, I'm living a lie in a way because I've got issues with my mental health. I've got uh, substance use issues. I've got HIV. None of those things I talk about. Mm -hmm. And I'm a lot more sincere and emotional than the, the character that, that I would, you know, usually be offered to portray in films quite relentlessly yeah. by some studios. And so people thought I was that guy. And then that would, you know, that would start bleeding into my personal life because they were expecting me to, first of all, have a nine and a half inch dick, which I don't, <laughs> but it was marketed like that. And secondly, to to be that guy and just, you know, rough him up and stuff. And I'm like, well, I want, to, you know, I want to talk. Yeah. <laughs> and could, do you, because I, uh, nice I used to, to work for, um, I used to work for the production company so i think i actually may have worked on a couple of the films that maybe you were on the cover of where your dick was like augmented as well to look longer. it was and even sometimes hair yeah <laughs> there was a lot of like wizardry going on with the covers and some of them were like they were very different from what they started out as yeah really is yeah. it that different oh my god yeah it like is, when yeah. i first started i was hired as a retoucher in the office and the first thing was like they give you a batch of photos from the shoot and the first thing they'd say is, like, make the dicks a little bit longer, especially if there's one they want for the cover, you know, add an inch, widen it, everything like that. It's all... Okay, but... Augmented. How much of, like, a super fan do you have to be to notice the <laughs> difference of, like... And you might notice the difference between a six-inch dick and a seven-inch dick, but would you really notice the difference between an eight-inch dick and a nine-inch dick? You might not notice it, but I think... I feel like as well it's like it's so dependent on angles and like just how it is that day. Of course. <laughs> but, but then professionals know how to take photos, right? Like all the angles, you get all the right angles. And oh. it may not matter if it's real, the size. I think a lot of people would disagree. It doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. But I think it just um it plays into our obsession with size, which is really not good. Like the yeah. dicks are just growing. They're continuously growing in porn. I've been ten inches even. And I'm just like, fucking hell. Then when I pull my pants now, I actually feel like, is it going to be big enough? Cause yeah. Because it sets up an expectation. Exactly. And it, for most part, I, I imagine most people will probably consume more of the cover art and the promotional material than the actual films. Not everyone is going to watch the entire film, but they're probably seeing, like, they go into Prowler, they see all the covers all lined up with these giant dicks and the expectation mm. is set up. So then if you were then dating as a, a working porn star, people may or are likely to have come into contact with your films just by osmosis just by seeing it around and yeah. be expecting this no, trunk well i'm sorry but if you end up dating somebody and you're disappointed that their penis isn't 10 inches well then you probably you, uh, need you, to ask yourself some questions you should but probably go to prowler go to have everything you <laughs> need go to a fucking therapist you desperate bucket 
burn. <laughs> but I guess, but for the subject of that expectation, that's got to be, like you said, it's. <laughs> Just the second wave of that just hit me. <laughs> <laughs> but how can that not be enough for you? Like, how can... Oh, just, I mean, let's... I mean, not judging anyone. It, I'm not judging anyone Sometimes either. it isn't. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm saying, you know. We're not judging anyone. But I... Yeah. I think th we are expecting more and more and more. And boys can take more and more and more mm. from, like, what I've observed. I don't know if you would agree. Well, there's just a general expectation for more extreme body... Uh, dimensions yeah, and everything totally. like giant dicks yeah. thinner waists bigger asses bigger pecs you know every, everything is becoming more and more extreme augmented. and augmented yeah. and, the and obviously then with uh, Instagram as well everything is retouched oh, yeah. there so you're consuming a lot more m more like changed media than you would have even 10 years ago yeah there is actually a guy on OnlyFans who markets himself as having like a 10 inch thing and I've seen the videos and I was like is that 10 inches? <laughs> like, it's it's fat and it's big, but when you look at the length of it, 10 inches is... I mean, you how, would, how many of us can eyeball a 10-inch dick? No, but normally, like, if you were to look at a 10-inch dick, you would be a bit... A bit shocked I because kneel. it's generally... I would actually <laughs> kneel and my arsehole would fall open. <laughs> You're part of the problem, Hayden. <laughs> Put your pedigree chum away. <laughs> but I'm actually, you know what? If it's f fairly thick, then from seven onwards, I'll kneel. <laughs> so well, there you go. Like it's involuntary. I just kneel, like. <laughs> the dick flops out and you just drop. And I drop to the ground. I <laughs> grab my ankles. Right, so how important is it for you? Size? Yeah. I think it's important to, an, to a degree. Um, when it comes to sex, it's part of the kind of thing. Sure, I, yeah. Things I think about and get off on. Um but when it comes to just generally like interacting with people with guys um <laughs> well yeah we're not talking about chatting to neighbor <laughs> <laughs> and then um it doesn't have to play a huge role but it does play a role okay yeah but it's not that like i'm a little bit of a size queen yes yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. that's what you say. wanted to fucking hear <laughs> i just like that just sounds like you sidestep the it question the is it the be all and end <laughs> uh, one thing i did want to know how many films have you made Oh god, I don't know. Um, you said you've been working for eight. I years. find this is so interesting. When we, uh, what was that episode where we did, and the guy had made like, oh, the guy who got was sent to prison for licking a toad. Oh or my god, it was. yeah, and he'd made like three hundred and fifty yeah. films or something. The Spanish guy, he he was a shaman, and he'd let someone had died. <laughs> but yeah, he'd made like three hundred and fifty films. But I think that was over the course of like a decade or so. So okay. you, if you've been working for eight, uh, yeah. Um, I think I've made... I stopped counting at 150 com commercial, excuse me. And also, my work, um, apart from only... Obviously, I'm not counting that. No, um, no. But my the way I work changed, because I only really work for one, two studios. Okay. Um, I was like 25. Um, that's what happens. Um, and then... Um, when I do, like, when I work for Himaros TV, I don't just go and shoot a scene. We shoot, like, multiple. Okay. So I don't really know how many, but... Less than 200. What is, uh, what's it like working for that Himoros TV? Because some, <laughs> somebody sent me a scene. I've never really seen it apart from this one scene. And I guess it's the Davy Wavy thing, right? Yeah. 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 So this Himoros TV <clears throat> is the, basically like a, 
a porn channel created by Davey Wavy, that former YouTuber. Oh, I knew he was doing porn, but I didn't know that was the... He's not in it, I don't think. Okay. I think he just produces it. It's not. I mean, to be honest, he's just producing porn and being like, I'm not making it, but when the cameras aren't rolling, you boys <laughs> come to me. I've never had that experience of him. He's like a like a good mom on set. Oh, that's good to know. Oh, yeah, no, I didn't make... It didn't mean he was like <laughs> Harvey Weinstein, but I just thought, like, if you've got an interest in porn and you're working with porn stars all, the day, all day long, then you must have sex with some of them. Mm. Maybe, maybe. I'd, I've never witnessed it. Um, the the, the people I used to work for, there was a lot of that going on. They would <laughs> meet up. I actually found it a bit predatory at some points because they would kind of find guys on Fit Lads or Gaydar back in the day, offer them £200 to come down to London, do a film, and then afterwards, like, the boss would maybe take them out to dinner and, yeah, and there would be oh, some... Oh, wow. Yeah. So no, it sounds like they got the boyfriend experience. Yeah. Well, yeah, but like... £200. Yeah, this is what I mean. There was, a, there was a whole kind of you're getting these kids to do like to sign on to things for 200 quid without so a lot of the time the, the office manager wasn't kind of fully explaining the totality of what they were getting themselves into you know your image is going to be out there forever because okay. there were boys working in the office with me that had done films previously that were still getting things like copies of films they'd made mail to their parents or oh you my know, god that's awful we'd go to bars and people would i think people feel entitled to interact with porn stars sometimes in public because yeah. they've watched their films so <laughs> yeah. people would come over and be like i know you i've seen you get fucked on camera and then they'd be really sexually aggressive and that they would be like well i'm sorry i'm here with my friend having a drink i don't want to fuck at Can some you point leave you, me alone you stop saying sorry like it's it's this is one of my pet peeves in general because i, I feel like society kind of feels like they own you in a sense yeah because of the general place that sex work is the fact, you know, we've, uh, we're fucking watching porn for free. Why? Mm. Why? Like, movies have channels. Like, ne there's Netflix. There is, uh, like, television and all of that. Um, Amazon Prime. And obviously, there are porn, website, porn websites as well and OnlyFans and stuff. But uh, it's kind of accepted to um, steal that content, watch it for free. And Pornhub has made millions on that. Yeah. Which is why I feel like what's contributed to their demise eventually. They've um have they just they've tried to sort of go legit now haven't they and like they've removed all un unlicensed videos or whatever it, you know like user up ge generated content that isn't yeah 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 uh, they have they've been forced to because uh, do you feel vindicated about that I felt happy about it but I don't think it's fully necessarily that great mm. um because it isn't just that oh someone was stealing. Uh, content that people made and so um we're not going to work with you i don't think that's what mastercard and visa had in mind it's more i feel like it might be a a conservative thing yeah like an anti-sex work thing okay really behind it oh, that's probably more likely yeah yeah and that's so that's that just happiness. so common though with the yeah. with the big huge companies they all want to lean slightly more towards family orientated porn hub i guess you've got a point because they do but this is it you no, want a porn hub mastercard dumbass mm. was <laughs> but you're talking family <laughs> but at the same time like if you as long as we keep ignoring work uh kids from a young age they are exploring they're experiencing they watch porn probably if, i mean probably i did and i know that kids watch porn um um quite early and because the parents are not talking to them about sex yeah right and the sexual education is not inclusive and it's not applicable and yeah. it's fucking barren so um you should really if you really care about families we should be educating those kids appropriately you know in an appropriate way for yeah. 
from an early age rather than just shun the whole industry. It's not me. Just has let them do it, it in the Wendy you. house when they were nine, like <laughs> me. <laughs> well, that leads on to what, because um, you have made a new film. Mm. And that sort of ties into the whole educating people with things that are more applicable and it does. Also has like a porn, like porn angle porn to with it. A message. Yeah. Mm. But before oh, we go into this, okay. can I just ask, what is the Wendy house? I, just, I, <laughs> I laughed joking? earlier because, you know, the new kid in. You know, <laughs> I, thought, I thought you said it. No, no I did. Oh, it's a, it's like a tiny it? little, it's a playhouse. Right. A tiny little wooden house in the back. No, it's not wooden. It's, pla- it's white, plastic <laughs> and white. Depends on, where, like, depends on what kind of family you're from. <laughs> Ours were plastic. Rich kids have wooden windy houses. Oh no, fuck them. It was a plastic <laughs> white wooden I know, white I know exactly the one you're talking with about. With a blue roof. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and green windows. No, but in like Royal Tunbridge Wells, they have like little custom made wooden windy houses that almost look like someone's summer house, just small. Yeah, Probably literally. Like them, them kids <laughs> go into the Hamptons just Probably in the back is. garden. So the film. So the film, it is like porn with a message. It is, yeah. Because uh, when I, when you sent it to me, I did think it was going to be, I don't know why, but I just expected it was going to be an actual film. Mm-hmm. But then it was... Good. <laughs> so what's the name no, of what's was, it called? It was just a lot of porn too. <laughs> oh, you didn't expect it. That's interesting to hear. I thought there might be like one sex scene, but it was like 80, 70% porn. So you see how I, when I phrase it, I never try to hide the fact that it's porn. Mm. I'm proud that it's porn. In fact, mm. I wanted to, for it to be both porn and advocacy. And I worked really hard for a long time to kind of uh, merge that because I didn't, I don't That's know. what I, I found it very interesting because I've, years ago, when I, like I said, when I was still working at the porn cover, that's why I'm going to open a new book. <laughs> <Calm down. laughs> Um, there empty? were many conversations about trying to move porn into a mainstream way, you know, just throwing ideas around. And it would turn into a conversation about how do you film something in a way that still looks like a narrative piece of work, but also contains <coughs> actual sex. Mm. And I felt like this did that quite well. It had a story, you know, there were the, not it had a story, it had dialogue that feels like, you know, that special porn for women that has a narrative and that kind of thing. But this, it felt like quite neatly made drama that contained real sex and then also addressed the issues that you wanted to address within it. That is so great to hear. And I, I like hats off to the team I worked with. I worked with Old Shift, uh, who actually I met Ed, the director on the porn set for Humorous TV. Oh, and he oh. was amazing on set every single time. And just kind of like, a, I get quite anxious sometimes, you know, things don't just always w- like work perfectly. And so, and he was such a calming, um, element like as, um, aspect um, influence kind of like a rock influence thank you <laughs> what did you put in this <laughs> you have five minutes left <laughs> i'll make it quick um <laughs> speaking of are we like 15 minutes in? <laughs> Second bottle, but there is three of us uh, so I'm, re- I'm really glad thank you i'm glad you uh, you think so that wasn't a big challenge because i think i um I spent um, a long time working out and I worked with some great professionals. But the real challenge, I think, was how do you include that messaging, that HIV messaging, into something like this? So let's talk about what the message of the the film is because it's about undetectable is untransmissible. Yeah, so the film is called UEFU uh, and I intentionally abbreviated it because I didn't want people to know 
I didn't want people. It, it means you you equals fucking you, which basically yeah. is you equals you, the campaign, um, with fucking inside it. And I didn't want people to know it's about HIV, so I hid it as you if you. You you just touched on that you uh, undetectable equals untransmittable. Yeah. It's something that um, we've known for years. It's um, it's a medical fact now in the UK and the United States since like 2015 16. Uh, U equals U uh, is the foundation of us being able to end the epidemic because it doesn't only it doesn't only target prevention. It's the only prevention tool that's a hundred percent effective. Like. Yeah. 13 years, unanimously untransmittable, right? N- not a single transmission in those 13 years. Is that true? Just, I didn't realise there wasn't a single one. I thought there might have been like, you know, a handful. There there have been some transmissions, but they were never really, you couldn't link them to the person who was undetectable because those were couples that, like in partner one, partner two, there were couples who were having who were sex open. with other people as well. Okay, sure, yeah. yeah. And so then, yeah, you can... You can catch HIV in the Well, yeah, 100%. If the relationship is open, then you would think that it was from somebody that was outside that relationship exactly, who yeah. they caught it from. You can actually trace the DNA. And I guess also if people are not taking their meds religiously, then that can have an impact too. But when sure. you're taking it every day, then the results are like 100%. Actually, they have some half-life as well. So even if you miss a dose, which I do on a regular basis... Um, it remains within the system enough yeah. to, to I mean I don't really miss two in a in a row but every month uh, I realise that I missed like out of the three pills one is left the one of a colour so you must have just some must have yeah. at some point but it's always been fine and also there are some blips sometimes you can have like uh, undetect- the new undetectable is under 20 viral cells per milliliter of blood but the old undetectable is 200 and that was already um, clusters undetectable, which okay. we just could do better okay. to be more safe. And I had a level that was like <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I had a hundred and forty-six at some point, okay. and that was still, you know, okay. That was still untransmittable. But you said this has been the fact for a long time, but clearly there's not enough awareness of this still. There isn't. Right. Uh, the, the, the awareness after forty years, you would expect for it to be to for everyone to know. And sometimes I'm just. I mean, I understand why, because of social reasons. Um, because. Uh, it wasn't everyone who was getting HIV, so it was annexed. Yeah, and so, you know, um, it's it's been considered to be a uh, uh, think of the queer, the queers, and the people of color, right? Yeah, um, because that's where the infections are concentrated mostly, um, and so the kind of the majority, the educational system, the health system, have got away with doing a poor job at addressing this issue yeah uh i mean if you think about it we've got a vaccine for COVID. after a year and after a year we had a vaccine because it was affecting everyone and i don't know the ins and outs of the the you know the medical side of it but i feel like 40 years come on like seriously if we'd been putting that much behind uh, the investigations into vaccines for hiv we might be a lot further along there might be a lot less well, dead people. Mm. Yeah. And even if you can't cure HIV, let's say you cannot cure HIV at all, then the awareness of you equals you in the last five years uh, could have changed lives of people, the quality of life, right? Because a lot of people look at it as prevention, which is why PrEP is so huge. Yeah. Pre- pre- people know about PrEP um, and don't know about you equals you. You know, you go on Grindr and they say, 
I say I'm HIV positive, undetectable, and they say, and I quote, "It's okay, I'm on prep." I'm like, no, <laughs> no, listen to me, I'm undetectable. It's okay because I'm undetectable. I'm saying it's okay <laughs> <laughs> because you because is the it's like the OG of HIV prevention. It's the mother of prep. Prep only works because of it's the same kind of medication right so that's kind of a, a big point in your video is or not your video but in the film is that you know you can't you can't pass it on and the, at one point in the video you're trying to have a conversation with the guy and he starts kissing you so you end up not having that conversation and then it's a conversation that you have to have afterwards <laughs> How well doesn't he? He uses the. He asks him if you're clean. Yeah, he asked me that, that quite stigmatized that term. Yeah. But how important is it? Because he says to you, so like, what's the deal? When you say there's well, there's nothing to tell because I'm undetectable. If you're undetectable, how important is it that you have the conversation before? Do um, you think, or do you think it's just not needed if you're undetectable? It's a difficult issue it's not black and white i don't mm. think from a legal standpoint in england and wales um you don't have to do that uh, and i think that's a very smart law because um if you're undetectable you pose no risk and um the world is largely not ready for people to disclose their status if we get our shit together and make it happen then it will be safe for people to disclose and it isn't a lot yeah. of people and this i'm not just talking like People saying, "Oh, I, I won't fuck you," or "You've got AIDS," or whatever, right? As if that's that's. It could be violent reactions when exactly people. Exactly, people. I mean, yeah. people have been um, bullied, harassed, killed because of their HIV status around the world. So this is a really serious thing, and I think it's very ignorant to be expecting people who are already oppressed because of a condition to be walking around just kind of offering that information to sure. them, right? Yeah. Um, so I don't think that's very fair. And in the in the script, I actually following on that. Um, I do talk to people about it because I, I'm, I, I'm very passionate about spreading awareness and I'm strong enough to do that. Uh, like I, um, I'm in a good position to do that. I haven't always been, but I, I, it's okay for me to do. But at the same time, I don't always, I, I can't always do that. I, sometimes I just don't want it to be part of my day, telling people I have HIV. Um, but I wanted it to be part of the film, so I actually wrote it in at the beginning that I trying to tell them because that's generally what's what I would do. Although yeah. it shouldn't be a requirement. Sure. And do you think if there are people out there who do want to tell their partners, what do you think is, you know, obviously there's no way it's going to be fail safe, but what, mm. what, what do you have any advice for people that are trying to do that? Because it can be a tough thing to do. I don't think there's a perfect way to do it, so don't look for that. Yeah. What would I say to someone? I, yeah, definitely don't leave it late. Because when you do, um, even though you're not a risk for someone, they pro they may not know that. Mm -hmm. And because they are not in a place where they can receive it, it may damage your relationship and you may never see them again. Mm -hmm. This has happened to me a couple of times and it's awful. So I tell, I just like blurt it out everywhere. Everyone, I want everyone to know. So I don't have to deal with this. Um, obviously it comes with like people telling me to kill myself and telling me that I look very sick I shouldn't be making porn all these things Ugh. but at the same time when it comes to it people already know and I don't have it doesn't have to be 
part of my conversation. Too much of a yeah. a, a, a time and energy waster at, right. at that point, yeah. Because it can be a mood killer. Be, you know, it's full of, that conversation is full of trauma. It's yeah. full of generational trauma. You don't want to have to keep reliving it every time you hook up with someone. So if it's just out there, <laughs> right. then I guess, yeah. people can make their, their, well, what do they call it? Serosorting, I guess, when people... Serosorting. Yeah. That's the whole question. Are you clean? That's serosorting. That's yeah. like, it's not just about HIV status. It's about uh, your moral value as a human yeah. being yeah, and I guess sure, if you're putting like it on the apps yeah. and stuff it's already out there people can do that without having to involve your life in it yeah. I feel like I know it's a thing but I feel like even the apps don't do themselves any favours by using the term pause and I don't think that's necessarily like an offensive term but I feel like and it's just a small thing but I feel like if they replace the Z with an S mm. It just makes it more like, oh, positive. Whereas when it's like pause, it just seems, the t- the phrasing just seems off. I think it's appropriating. Uh, it's a cool term for something that is not just an aesthetic. And I don't like the word pause. Not because I don't use it. Mm. I can use it though. But I don't like it being used at me. Yeah. Are you pause? I don't like that. I associate it with positive people making jokes within their own community yeah. and stuff like that. Like... So, like, people I know that have put a pause will make jokes, like, using that word, but... Yeah, and those jokes can go far. Like, I have friends where we joke that I'm going to die of AIDS any minute, <laughs> drop dead, right? <laughs> Looking gaunt. Go I've got friends with whole comedy sets about that <laughs> shit. <laughs> there you go. So, I mean, in the appropriate um, environment, you can make those jokes. You can make jokes about everything in the right environment. Yeah. But uh, a, a conglomerate and uh, uh, some sort of company... Kind of making that, it cool. That yeah. is kind of what it sounds like the word that somebody who is not positive would use, which mm-hmm. I think is why I just feel like it feels off. Yeah, it feels like apps trying to sound like they have the vernacular, you know, because we know that like she some does of them not have the vernacular, vernacular that to she wear those she's shoes. <laughs> she is unqualified. <laughs> <laughs> she's undetectable. Well, because we know that, I don't know, you can bleep the name of the, the, the network. We know that Grinder is not a gay-owned <laughs> why company. Would I, no. Why would I bleep Grinder's name, babe? We've I done about know. 57 <laughs> episodes speaking about Grinder. They've had so much free publicity. I think they can but is it good publicity? But, yeah. Well, <laughs> no, this, this that half and not, half. But you know, you got to take you got to take the good with the bad. Yeah, it's like Coca Cola, right? Yeah, it's like just it's there. It's yeah. not product product placement. It's just in the house. Sure, I get yeah. it. <laughs> it's part of the conversation. It, like, but Grinder is owned, or I, I believe for a big period of time, it had, was owned by a parent, a Chinese parent company yeah. that were actually run by a homophobe. So oh, wow, yeah, and that's why it, there was a big controversy around Grinder and its ownership, and that's why I find it problematic then that a company that is well, an app that is owned by a company that is run by a homophobe is trying to appropriate our culture that and use our of lexicon and that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, that's awful. Uh, this has been a lot of fun, but let's move on to some more fun things. Okay. We're gonna, good. We're going to talk about some... Oh, wait, just before, I want to ask you what it was like to work with Bianca Del Rio. I was, yeah, that was, I was like, speaking of fun. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I love Bianca Del Rio. Yeah, love her. Love that cunt. Why is she... Well, well, she didn't, couldn't get out of her pyjamas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she... I, I think, I mean, I think we forget how busy some of these queens are. And she was just having a press day. And uh, oh. she squeezed me in last minute because she was like... She said... Um, we had a really sincere conversation over a drink. Uh, there were like lots of other people and it was a really fun atmosphere, but she actually leaned into the conversation about AIDS and HIV and awareness. And when I wanted to joke about it, she kind of just uh, 
uh, she didn't let me do that. And oh, I really appreciated right. it. And it wasn't obviously like um, uh, very intense, but I could see that she's in the moment, she's present and she understands it. Oh, I love that. Yeah. There's a heart and a conscience under all that and pan that's, stick. That's exactly mm. why I yeah. read her about that in the at the end of the film, because there is a soul inside there. She's, a, she's a, Roy is super smart. And um, I've, I mean, it's a, he's a dream to work with because he's funny and he's professional. Um, it was, this was a scripted piece that I didn't even think, I wasn't sure. I was like, you can change anything you want. And he just did it and added on top of it, cha- we changed what, you know, what didn't work, we had a conversation. It was a very living kind of onset relationship for like half an hour and then <laughs> he was gone. <laughs> it was amazing. I, can, I think that's cute though because obviously Bianca Del Rio has a reputation for being like, joke, joke, joke. So yeah. I think for somebody else to <laughs> joke about it when you're in that situation, it can be quite a common, I wouldn't say a coping mechanism, but it, you know, if you're dealing with something, it can be quite common to make a joke about yeah, it. Of course. So for her to take the humour away from the situation and kind of say, look, I recognise that this is a serious thing and it's not actually a joke, I think mm. it's just such a it's just such a mature yeah. Respectable Bianca Del Rio mate. <laughs> right. I fucking love her. I love her. But I think that's what's behind all this comedy the humor is it's not just like lowest common denominator yeah it's crude and everything but it's not yeah. really it's smart humor yeah it's, it's well observed it's and it's layered and it just keeps coming right i thought it was a very clever thing to include her as well in a piece like this because it is a ultimately uh, it's a tit- it's for titillation in a lot of ways but it's an educational piece but having someone like bianca tied into it in such a way that it's two <laughs> characters relating to the pop culture around them it makes oh my god, it, are you were wearing so her match? Bianca Del Rio t-shirts on. Yeah, he had it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that was Tim. Okay, that was planned. Not it, me. No, you were naked. It just makes it something that it makes it makes <laughs> it more like a part of the world we're living in, rather than like an an educational piece. Yeah. On. She wasn't actually going to be part of it to start with because that that character didn't exist. I was going to deliver the news that I'm undetectable to someone I've just had sex with, and then the director was like. Mm, and I feel like that may not have the ending you want. Mm. And from living with HIV for seven years, I know that a lot of the time it isn't. It sometimes it's very dramatic, and it doesn't end that well, right? So um, we, I introduced the third character, and um, yeah, Bianca. Uh, and you were like, "Come sh- on, the, Roy, slap, slap your face." Let the on. wig on and say <laughs> the lines. <laughs> I offered him a role, but he was like. Mm. <laughs> I think let's do let's do some listener confessions. Okay, love a listener. And then we're going to move on to some listener Ooh. questions for you. So this is like a relatively new segment, confessional, that, a new segment that we've added, That's a new exciting. segment that we've added. Segment <laughs> is that going to become a thing? I think so. Yeah, <laughs> brand it, copyright it. <laughs> so it's quite a new thing, whereby. We ask our listeners to confess a sin to us. They win a membership and we decide whether they're forgiven. Uh, so wait, wait, wait. Forgiven for what? It depends well, what the sin depends is. depends what the sin is. And- oh, of course. <laughs> confessions. Got yeah. it. I'm with you. Welcome yeah. to church. <laughs> <laughs> where, where all the priests will burn. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, so we have two this week. Okay, so this listener says... I went to a party and dunked toothbrushes in the toilet and poo. What? Right. 
So I, I was a bit like, I don't know if there's anything about this that is forgivable. So I obviously asked for the context. I'd like to hear that, please. <laughs> that wasn't even a staged what? I was actually disgusted. <laughs> <laughs> This was one of the first people I messaged it back. And I think the worst thing is, is that throughout this whole anecdote, it just doesn't sound like there's even an ounce of remorse. Oh, no. <laughs> Unrepentant. He wants exposure. So he, <laughs> so he says, my boyfriend at the time took me to a college party and I was drunk and high. Well, we get to the party and everyone's smoking weed. When it gets to me, they want to disrespect me and give me the smallest of nugs. <laughs> so if you're if you're British, a nug is like a bud. Yeah. The audacity. Well, <laughs> I need to go pee, and so I went. And after I was done, I noticed the toothbrushes on the sink. Looked at the toilet, and clunk, there it went. I was nice enough to scrub the toilet for them, since they were so nice at sharing their bud. I walked out of the bathroom, and my boyfriend asked, "What's so funny?" I replied, "Oh, nothing. I remembered something funny." That's that I, disgusting. That I have no soul. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that oh I'm God. empty inside. All over a little bit. I feel like maybe... Fucking, maybe you should have bought your own fucking this, weed, Exactly. Bitch. Don't be a fucking weed hawk, you pig. <laughs> it wasn't... I'm sure it wasn't personal. But if... I mean... I would feel like that as well about drugs, though, I think. so. <laughs> but this is what leads me to saying that you need to look into that issue. <laughs> if, yeah. if you can put shit in someone's mouth over... Um, <laughs> Listen, if you're that sensitive over a fucking nug, bring your own. Exactly. If you're going to dunk right. someone's toothbrush in Domestus, then you need to have a think about your relationship to drugs because mm -hmm. you yeah, didn't bring it. You didn't pay for it. They were offering you a nug out, the kindness of their weed-ridden hearts. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you should have accepted that nug graciously, smoked it down, gone home, gone to bed, had a lovely sleep, mm. and then probably had a talk to Frank the next day. I, I think the solution to not being shared enough of a nug is to not share your own fucking nug. If you want to have the upper hand, bring a nug that is 20 Massive times one. as big yeah. as their nug. BYO nug. Like the one in Scary Movie. Do you remember yeah. when someone got, who was it? Was, the was giant it? Shorty. Shorty. Shorty got rolled in. Yeah. Just bring that. Have people carry it in for That's you. That's what I mean. Walk in carrying it with your two hands and then when they're sitting there smoking their pathetic little drawer... Just be like puffing it out on the balcony, like with two hands. Dead. <laughs> and say nothing, just an air of dignity. <laughs> um, so, do we forgive this person? Absolutely fucking no. not. No. no. Sorry, babe. And just think, of like, oh, that person's going to get, whoever those people are that's going to brush their teeth with a shitty toothbrush. Mm -mm. No, that's disgusting. No, you that's could have given them infections. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah, you could give him gonorrhea, whatever. Like, or at least stanky so breath. And shit. Salmonella, <laughs> salmonella, salmonella, bit. Bad. It's bad. Giardia. You could get all sorts from poop. I think not even fifty hell Snoop Dogs would no. do a trick to this, <laughs> <laughs> and a trick to White Castle, <laughs> Green Castle, Green. <laughs> do they get anything kind of like to just you know? For for participation, yeah, they get they still get three months free membership to my website. I just sick. want them to know that I am very unhappy with them. Mm. 
Yeah, I don't think it gives they a don't fuck. give a fuck. No. They've got their they've got their nugs and they got their membership. They're going <laughs> to light up a zoot and have a wank. So, are we really changing the world here? <laughs> <laughs> are we meant to be? No, not no, really. no, no. I leave that to you, KD. <laughs> <laughs> also, don't you think it's so funny how they or gross when they call it like nugs? Doesn't it just remind you of like Shit. tag tag nugs? Yeah, like dingleberry, nuts, dingleberry, or yeah. a shug it. I would call it. That's oh. disgusting. Shit nugget, shug it. Sh- Hold on, I need to add this to my list. <laughs> Smegments and shug it. Shug it, shug it. I have a list of words. I'm like, that's disgusting. I have to write it down. Someone came to my house once and left a shug it in the, the shower drain. No, oh. no, a tag nut is when it dangles in the bum hair. Yeah, I know, I know what you mean. I know a dingleberry, but I'm assuming this one... <laughs> Dingleberry, I just different. Dingleberry, there's dingle and dangle, no? Dingleberry, dingleberry, like a bit Tag of shit nuts. caught in the butt. Tag nuts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm assuming this one got showered off and just rested. And what's it called? A shag nug. A shag shag nug. <laughs> Shug it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> shit, <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> Shug it. They have to shug it I in my shower it. drain. Um, they were probably trying to stamp it out after they douched. I think, yeah, this is it. Someone Because I, I was hosting a party and a bunch of people came over to my house to have some drinks first. And drinks. then by the time we let you, you know, sure. drinks and yeah. bits. Um, Shots. <laughs> 1.5, anyone? Um, I, would be, I would be dead. But um, yeah, I assume someone went to the bathroom and rinsed themselves out in preparation <laughs> and just forgot to wow. sluice the shower drain afterwards. Is that what the gentleman's wash is it? Rinse yourself <laughs> out. <Just Yeah. laughs> it's like a new level to it. Yeah. Sorry. That was the... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That was the Prosecco bubble. <laughs> I sounded a bit like Sophie Anderson there, didn't I? Did you see... Did you see the video that she posted today? Or it might have been yesterday. Do you know you know Sophie Anderson, obviously? Obsessed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so do you remember those things? Where did you grow up? Did you grow up in the UK? No, Poland. Yeah, I was going to say because you had a bit of an accent. But I don't know if you had those over in Poland. But it's, I know it's such a British thing. Do you remember where there'd be like some like little nardy quote-unquote lake at the back of like a park but the lake would be so thin and small but then we'd have a like a rope string to swing over it with oh yeah yeah just a rope over a creek a creek yeah like yeah. a really small creek but the, then there's somebody would attach a bit of wood to it and you'd hold yeah. on to it <laughs> did you guys see this video the video did she do she's doing she's on rope swing she's doing one but it's literally just one of the ones where you hold it by your hands and you obviously have to hold your whole weight to do it. That's a lot of weight to hold. <laughs> <laughs> She's quite fit now. I think she works She's fit, out but her bit. tits are massive. Oh, huge. Oh, my God. So big. So I don't know whether it broke or whether <laughs> <laughs> she just fell. <laughs> it was a flimsy rope. <laughs> but it was literally like... Went like You're making me want to go on Instagram now. Yeah, it, it was literally like tits in a crate. Tits in the shit. <laughs> Okay, let's do some some reader questions for you, Caden. So Josh wants to know, he, he's asking cut or uncut, 
but seen as your <laughs> haven't done your research next <laughs> <laughs> no but seen as google images your penis is all over the internet I'm going to take that as he's asking whether you prefer cut oh. or uncut. Oh, okay. Then I withdraw what I said. <laughs> you can stay. And I, um, I think, I think I prefer uncut a little bit more because it's home, right? And from Poland to England, <laughs> sure. it's all got a jacket. Well, not all of it. Actually, quite a lot of guys in England don't have a jacket um, on it. But um, I do like a nicely cut dick as well. Uh, so I think Sean Cody taught me that. The, the oh. porn company I, When I watched that I was like Oh my god Yes Jess <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a, an, Enough to enough, enough nice things To be said about both Yeah absolutely I feel like It doesn't It really doesn't matter I, Do I have a preference Maybe not It just um, Uncut feels more like I'm uncut So I feel like When someone's uncut They know how to handle it better When it's cut Oh yeah when it's cut. didn't want to do it while he was talking because you sometimes told they don't me off. know how to um, handle an uncut dick. Do you think there's an issue with being tossed off when you're uncut? Because I feel like when you're cut, most of the wanking goes down like in the middle of the shaft. Mm. Whereas when you're uncut, mm. it can be at the tip. It can be at the. It can be anywhere. I think for me. Uh, at the tip, but no chafing on the actual head. Yeah. So, like, the the uh, edge of the foreskin needs to be kind of, like, if you make a circle with your thumb and your index finger, right? Okay. The the edge of the foreskin needs to be up just, just above it so that you don't touch the head. And then you can do whatever you want. But I think a lot of guys don't have a concept of a sensitive head if they're yeah. cut. That's what I was going to say. If someone is cut and they're giving an uncut person like a handjob or something, I feel like they're yeah. a lot more violent with it. The skin might come off. And I think vice versa. Like. Okay, hold on, Mike. This is interesting <laughs> to me. Go on. <laughs> I, uh, can I ask if you're cut? I'm uncut. You're uncut, right. Yeah, but do you... So the chafing thing, do you think that's anything to do with how much it goes up and down? No, no. I think it's about moisture, first of all, right? Moisture. No, sure. I don't get chased that often, but, you know, sometimes I wank like five times a day, so. Uh, I don't think I could do that. <laughs> I think my dick would fall off. I think it's just, uh, it's just a very precious, delicate, yeah. virginal flower down there. <laughs> I think it's if you... If you <laughs> <laughs> Your face, you're like, uh. <laughs> like, what's delicate about a baseball bat? I don't. <laughs> I think it depends. Like you know, if you've had those days where you're very hungover, or you're coming down, or something like that, and you're very horny, and you end up wanking quite a lot, and those are the end of those days where your penis is just like, no, no more, sure, like but stop. The level what what you said Caden can you explain that more of how like oh. how far up it goes how do you think that contributes to chafing not to chafing but to pleasure in general oh. and if it's above that and you're touching the head with as far as with I'm your concerned, hand or with, with actual what? hand then I don't like it anymore. so the foreskin has to be sort of the like the I lubrication almost yeah. in between the barrier yeah yeah, yeah. I, I i touch my head not a lot but i know how to do it so that's very gentle oh my god who does that that's so sensitive <laughs> right you see that's what i mean that's what i mean but sometimes guys just, just they pull their skin down first of all fucking slow down because it can rip right that's and a banjo string ripped. ripper yeah right i've had that oh, but your, your one looks like it just slings right back to be honest <laughs> But this is it. It used to be, if you look at my films from like the beginning in pictures, there was tighter, so much tighter. Um, and it's it like 
it ripped three <gasps> times. <gasps> three times. Well, three you times. Get people the that... first one really like quite hardcore, and the, the second, second time, time you're just like. Oh, but to be fair, like die. you can barely see it scarred, like just barely and perfectly, so you can't really see it. Okay. So some people didn't notice it, but um, yeah, you can. That can really. Some guys just like take it, pull it down, and they just yeah, it's rub like the head, twisting like, a grapefruit on it out. or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> not that they're, you know, it's not like that fucking girl strip film where she is like put a grapefruit on it but like you know people like some guys will literally just clamp onto your head and start yeah. twisting away like an avocado like, yeah <laughs> get the stone out but are you okay <laughs> it doesn't happen to me that often but when it does I'm literally like whoa, whoa, whoa uh, this is why whoa, I don't whoa. like hand jobs I don't like from anyone but myself well even like when they shove it back and then they're rubbing it on like their um their their, their rough beard I'm like no I'm like yeah no no honey no, no, honey, oh, no. this is like ASMR or something in hell or like for, for like <laughs> penis heads no 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 I don't want anything about it. no it just uh, mm, Farry Dakmal wants to know who's your favourite scene partner ooh Hmm. Interesting, interesting, very interesting. Uh, <laughs> now I'm thinking, can I remember? Oh my, I used to have favorites, but then I realized that a lot of it was kind of based on just like a, a physical attraction. Um, I don't think it is. And uh, Bishop Black, uh, who I recently filmed with, uh, I think he's he's one of the best people I've worked with. Bishop is in is in the yeah, film. Yeah. yeah, he's in the film. And he's one of the most generous scene partners, one of the kindest guys you will meet. Um, let me think. Uh, oh, there's lots. I, I hate to kind of like pick. Bishop's, I feel like Bishop I filmed with most, I think, to date, mm. including these two scenes. Um, was he your, you know, when you were thinking of casting this, he was kind of your go-to? No, uh, he was on my shortlist from the beginning. Uh, because he met all the criteria that I set out. But um, I didn't approach him until like maybe a month later, because to be fair, uh, when it comes to work, I think that like, not just work, but we've already had a chat about like at the beginning about the sex and stuff. And I think fear of commitment, certainly. And I think it translates to me losing uh, kind of like the mojo within the first or second meet. So I don't, I don't tend to, stay attracted to people sexually. Yeah. And we, Bishop and I filmed one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, probably eight or nine things before this. So I prefer getting people who I haven't experienced with. Fresh me. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so it's because it's very exciting, right? Yeah. It's exciting. New, it's new. Um, so I was looking for, uh, for, for, a, for a partner, but actually it led me right back to Bishop. Okay. Yeah. I actually wanted to ask you about this. Isn't a, a listener response, but I did wonder if there were times when you were just like, "I cannot get hard" or "I cannot stay hard." But I'm guessing it's just everyone who you've already had sex with before. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it. Sorry, <laughs> uh, <clears throat> it's not even that because I can find. No, I think you're you're right. It plays into it. And I think more than just a whim, me looking for someone I haven't filmed with, always wanting to film with new people, is also protecting me from having performance issues on set. Which, you know, when you're writing and producing something and you're then in it, and it's such a personal story, like you, if you, then you, d you really don't want to, you don't, don't want anything like 
like this to let you down. So yeah. I just wanted to make sure, yeah. But do you feel like the existing relationship you had with Bishop has actually helped with you conveying more of like feeling more about like intimate with him in the film and being able to kind of go there in a more of a more of an acting way rather than just uh, mm. a sex way? I think so, and I like I actually feel like I. Un- I've I've known Bishop for a long time, but I didn't know he was like I I didn't know he was capable of like this much. And he actually, you know, he gets teary, which I can't do. Um, and I had a lot of anxiety, so I guess I projected some of that onto him. And he also wasn't supposed to play the first part. We had a model drop out four days before. It was supposed to be Leo Rex, who I I kind of wrote the role with him in mind mm-hmm. because of how he is. And then Bishop took over, so I wasn't sure like how that was gonna go out, go, like go. Um, so I was very nervous, but he uh, surprised me in like many ways. And I also knew him. So what you're saying, like there was an intimacy, there was a bond that we'd built throughout working for Humorous TV plenty of times, from like the first project I did. Um, yeah, so it was definitely something that you you can't expect on a lot of sets i got that from him i have to say just quickly i did like the way that it was filmed uh i like the fact that it wasn't shot like a porno and it was shot more like almost a tv sex scene nice just saying that thank you so much <laughs> you are welcome with penetration <laughs> that is that is old shift i repeat it old shift <laughs> and old shift we shall be sending you our bill <laughs> okay so B-S-Y-T. <laughs> All right. Bullshit. The bullshit. Bullshit Whitey. That old cracker. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say that, but I was like, it's appropriate. We can say it about ourselves, uh, yeah. right? Yeah, 100%. That old cracker. I, I wouldn't even be offended if a black person said it, to be honest. What cracker? I feel like I we feel all like, black people that we can't be offended by that. No. I would not even that. I'm just like, is it fucking offensive? Most of us are dry and white. <laughs> Especially in winter. Yeah. <laughs> Not me, baby. I'm wet all year round. Oh, but... Jesus. Read the question. <laughs> <laughs> so he wants to know, what is your best slash worst experience? And he stopped the question there, so it could mean just generally in life. <laughs> Being born uh, was awful. Was don't remember it, but he's left it scars. Don't recommend it. No. No, awful. Uh, and my mum keeps living, talking about me I just ripping give it her. two stars. <laughs> Your mum keeps talking about you ripping her. Well, she doesn't keep talking about it, but the one time or two times she said it, I do remember I ripped her from Vitae, and this is something you don't forget. God. No, worst experience in porn. Let's say let's, let's say in porn. Right. Yeah. So I remember this is this is actually brace yourself because this is dark and it was the last the my last but is there a punchline oh yes uh, <laughs> it was my tell last us your worst experience as long as it's funny is what <laughs> okay got it so i'm gonna abbreviate it um i just caught hiv and i had to film and i was filming and uh, I had lots of side of like, not side effects but symptoms including like some gastric stuff uh, and I kept douching and it wasn't, you know, going anywhere Still and there was shuggets. blood and oh. I had to get fucked on set. Like, ev- eventually we faked it after I, like, really, really emphasized, I cannot do this anymore. How do you, fake, how do you fake getting fucked? Did you uh, we, uh, we needed to do some penetration, that's it. And this is when I realized that, obviously, the production, the production 
uh, cost is more important to them than my well-being. That's oh, disgusting. Yeah. And that was my last bottom scene ever. That was in 2013, and I just got HIV. Like it, it was su- such a horrible. And my fucking scene partner was such a cunt. And so, I mean, yeah, this, this is a it was safe space. An awful you can, day. You can drop the name. It won't go any further than a few thousand people. <laughs> <laughs> Who was it? Just, to, I think you need to clear your throat against. We us. have mentioned that name earlier today. Oh, oh. <laughs> I will not. I will not uh, confirm who it is because I'm trying. To be a good person, you're a cream. I think being a good person part it doesn't of that. surprise me in the slight. No, exactly. Part, part and this is why I don't work. Just, uh, I, we broke ties a long time ago because good for you. are they even still around? I mean, I are. I feel like most studios are are struggling. And don't get me wrong, like I had a really good run with your cream. I filmed probably about 40 scenes for them but that, and even after that I filmed even after they measured my penis on camera and I was like you measured it wrong but they still like proved there was nine and a half inches um, yeah I'd, like lots of situations They're probably still re-releasing all those scenes in oh they fucking do and they owned <laughs> cadengray.com um, without kind of my consent for mm. a long time yeah, I think they probably like. still do Best experience. <laughs> Best experience. Um, so I think. I mean, not not of your whole career because obviously that is today. Easy. <laughs> Best experience on set is Himmeros TV. Uh, they had. They're very. David is amazing at looking after models from the like mental health point of view, and the content is very different. It's not like. Oh, this is what I was going to say. Sorry to That's interrupt right. you. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> just totally interjecting the guest on the show. Oh, wait. The Himaros scene that I saw, they had like an old man in the scene, but they, it was just, it was, I don't know, it was just wasn't like porn, but they were very much like. I think I've seen it. Yeah. And they, it starts black and white and they talk about AIDS. I don't, I don't remember it that much, but they literally just had this old guy then and the old guy was maybe laying down and they were just like waving their willies over him, but he didn't touch oh, any of them. Different thing. Sorry, the way you're talking about this makes it sound insane. <laughs> <laughs> this old man who was lying down and I they were all about waving their willies. being old, right? It was very much like they were trying to break the threshold of ageism, but then... They were also like, don't worry, none of you have to touch the old guy. Sign the release form. So I think, but, but this, this is an interesting thing you're saying, because on the one hand, I think David is very, that he's really set on diversity and mod- model welfare. And he creates a really amazing environment where I feel like I'm invited to set as I am rather than a f- version of myself that society thinks I should be. Oh, I like so that. That's the best that's thing nice. about it. Uh, is the, like my best experience in porn. And I mean, there have been some amazing seconds and thirds and fourths. <laughs> but this is the best thing. Like the idea, the, the way he runs it is my favorite. Um, so yeah, working for him. And But at the same time, you know, when you when you do invite models to film for you, and even though the environment's so healthy, they will still come with all kinds of baggage, preferences and all of that. So yeah, some people might not want to touch an old person, right? Like you can't fix ageism just because you want to. It's still no. It wasn't kind of like I totally get that. It was yeah. more the fact of I don't mean you. I mean like in general. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me like it was no, no. You know, just like when it's a porn set, you're like, oh, okay, this old man is gonna get noshed by these young boys, <laughs> and they just. <laughs> 
Nosh. I love that word. So it was almost like a. It's very Moorish. It was like it was like a, a soft core artistic niche film it that never t- have you watched can you sit wait find this and send it to me don't it ask sounds me absolutely honey, I didn't fucking insane it. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a, it was like a niche art film that never made it to mm. theatre oh like an art house <laughs> affair the best film you've never seen <laughs> 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 apart from my film yes <laughs> so <laughs> the way you are being is re- reminding me and me on of uh, Bemini Bombolage. Yeah, oh, well, when she it. did, um, what did she do? Oh, she did me as Katie Price. Katie like, <laughs> Price. Woo, woo, woo. The eyes of the nipple to the face. <laughs> <laughs> Drips of Katie fall into me naturally, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> I see that. <laughs> That's gross, and I see talk, it. We just went talking from a bunch of like scat and honey chats. And suddenly, and you're you're muff diving, yeah, Katie Price. Drips of Katie queefing into you. <laughs> 19 Thoughts wants to know what is your favourite sex position? I think I like spoons most. Like, kind of like still being being able to you kiss. You are the you are the over emotional lesbian. I am. I'm happy with that. I'm queer. I consider myself queer. You know, so all encompassing. Some days I'm a lesbian. Can you put up a shelf? Definitely. Can you build a Wendy house? I had a very strong mum. She might be a lesbian for all you know. To be fair. Okay, so we've got one uh, final question, which is totally ridiculous, but we think you should answer anyway. Do it. If you were a dildo, what colour would you be? Pink. Oh, I was going to say, if you say brown, brown. I'm done. <laughs> done for the day. <laughs> I think, you know what? I actually will be a dildo this year, and I'll do a range, including oh, really? red. Um, yeah. Is that in the works? Red. Or? Yeah. What red. World AIDS Day. Oh, wow. Oh. World AIDS Day dildo. Dildo with a message. Dildo. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag U E F U. Hashtag U equals the Sorry, there's a dildo with a message for you at the door. <laughs> <laughs> it's red. <laughs> I think it's something about World AIDS Day, but I don't know for sure. <laughs> it's covered in blood. I mean, that's a very. I mean, it's a very gay thing, isn't it? Shit and blood and cum. The red, brown, and white. Red. <laughs> Hello, Susan. We've got a dildo with a message. I lying to. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Oh. I wouldn't you know what you wouldn't be though? You wouldn't be a white dildo because I just feel like that's gonna <laughs> I don't love <laughs> spit. But I just feel like that's gonna that's gonna brown very quickly. Oh right. You know? Okay, we need to do our little shout out for the patrons and Caden, I'm gonna ask if you'll do them. Maybe in a sexy voice if you want. Andrew Scott. I repeat, Andrew Scott, and then Paul Viotti. Thank you, Paul. <laughs> ben Roland. Oh, you've been a good boy, Ben. Uh, you've got Simon Herbert oh, and Charles McClure and Craig Gear. Oh, <laughs> oh <laughs> yes, and Jack P. And then, um, mm, mm, Daniel, uh, Saner, Saner, Saner. Yes. Oh, 
and 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 William Wilson. Oh yes! Ah! <laughs> Thank you so much. Can you do the producers? Can you do the producers? Thank you. The producers of this episode, guys, the episode would not be possible without you. Thank you so much. Thomas Barker. And <laughs> that sounds like you've just come and you want them to leave. Yeah, Thomas Barker. Thomas Barker. <laughs> um, Thomas Barker and Adam Hintz. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Evidence to the contrary, you are the ones that matter. <laughs> <laughs> I came prematurely. I didn't see the bottom of the list. <laughs> It's in, in fact, what it is, you saw those names, those important names at the bottom, and it just made you blow your load. Love uh, that. Yeah. The anticipation That's of it. That's how we reframe the narrative. <laughs> Thank you for addressing and probably making our supporters come. Hopefully. I think this is the most kind of um, explicit I've been in a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> just like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Guys, we really appreciate all of your support. And if you want to get involved on the confessionals where you can win free membership to our website, uh, follow at Cocktails Cock Talk and check into our stories. We'll be posting there for more of your confessionals. Make sure they are real, believable, <laughs> but equally scandalous. <laughs> if you want to follow us uh, collectively uh, as well as the podcast, we are at Cocktails Confessions. Our guest is at Caden Gray Triple X on Instagram and um, Twitter. And, and that's Twitter. What, yeah, and in the bio, you can see the film. It's free. I so wasn't sure if it. they had the Triple X on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Caden Gray Triple X on every, well, Instagram and Twitter. And you guys should watch the film because it's educational. And if you know everything about HIV, it's 80% porn. So have a wank. <laughs> yeah. something for everyone. Yeah. And if you like Drag Race, it's got Bianca Del Rio. That's it. You but there's a link to, in the, to it in the bio. She'll bring you off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, your hosts are at Shalay Slays and... At I Am Dom Top. Thank you for tuning mm. in. And we will see you on the next... Member segment. Member segment. <laughs> member segment. There's a lot of smegment on this members episode. <laughs> oh, Caden, you love my smegment. Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs>